0: Hi, good morning, everyone. How are you? Good. good, good. Pastor Terry and Denise are away. They're up in Washington, if you remember. You talked about it last week. Uh, they had a bit of a rough trip getting there. Their flight was delayed, I think, three or four hours yesterday. They missed all their connecting flights. They ended up not getting in until after, uh, after midnight last night. He had to preach 8 a.m. this morning, and he's probably preaching right now again in, in Washington. He's got one more later. So I think it'd be great uh, if we, you know, just hi from Pastor Terry. Hi, everyone. And then you can say, hi, Pastor Terry. We'll say hi back. But uh, why don't we pray for them, and uh, just God would give them strength and use them mightily where they are up there, we pray. Lord, thank you so much for our pastors. Thank you for the pages. Thank you for Pastor Terry. Thank you for Pastor Denise. We pray that you'd be with them, that your hand would be with them, that you give them strength and that you'd give them insight, you'd give them influence, that they would be able to be a blessing to this church that's invited them to come teach them about your word and what all that you're doing in their lives and in our lives here in Santa Maria. We pray that you'd bless them and use them mightily and give them a lot and a lot of energy in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Well, uh, la- next week is Christmas. It's going to be awesome. And I hope you come. Uh, this week we're going to talk about facing fear's with faith. Say that with me. Facing fears with faith. Turn to the person next to you and say, facing fears with faith. It's a kind of fun one to say. Facing fears with faith. <laughs> I like that. Facing fears with faith. And uh, this is a, it's a powerful message that really touched my life and I wanted to share it with you. Some of you who are in our cell groups already heard this. Sorry. Apologize. You're going to hear it again. It's going to be good. You know, Jesus came. Why did Jesus come? You know, we think around Christmas time, I love the fact that I can walk into a grocery store or I can listen to the radio that normally I'm not hearing Jesus' name and I get to hear about Jesus. Does anyone else love that? I love that my kids get to see it everywhere they go. People are talking about Christ, they're talking about, you know, the the Son of God being born. But I think we can forget sometimes why He came. Sometimes we think that He came just to give us an Amazon discount so we can get our presents in earlier which is important, isn't it? I mean, come on, let's get those things quickly. But also, it's because there's a real reason, a real powerful thing that we're celebrating. It's about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came down to earth, came for why? For what? A lot of people go to church, they hear about God, we hear, we read the Bible even a little bit, but sometimes we we can miss it during our daily lives, can't we? We can forget that Jesus came to set us free. He came to give us the power of God. He came to release the purposes of God into our lives. And one of the things that we can do is we can, we can kind of get a little bit disillusioned because we feel like, oh, you know, how come if Jesus came and God has come to earth, how come everything's not perfect? And we can feel kind of a disappointment about that. Anyone, or am I just describing my life? Anyone ever have those kinds of feelings? You wake up one day and you go like, ah, oh, God, why is it so hard, you know? And uh, we have to face the reality, right, that this is not a, a black and white, one and done, like it's not over yet. Jesus came to begin something, and he is coming back to finish it. But he's giving us some time here in between. He's given us some time to learn some things, some, times to, some time to learn. First of all, some time for us to come to know Jesus, right? Because there'll be a time when that door shuts. And we want to be in the door when that door shuts. And it's important that we recognize that God's giving us grace during this time so that we can find him, that we can hear about him, we can choose to follow him. And one of the major things that I think keeps us from following him is we run into our fears very often, we run into challenges. We run into difficulties in life. We run into things that keep us from moving forward. Sometimes we just blame it on God, don't we? Sometimes we just blame it on him. It's like, God, I would follow you if it wasn't for blah, 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 right? If it wasn't for this. But we, we've got to recognize that the reason Jesus came was to help us to overcome those challenges. It was to face those fears. It was to give us the power against sin and against fear so that we could face them so that we can move through them. And I know it's a really unpopular thing nowadays to face your fears. It's a more popular thing to just be like, no, I'm going to turn it off. I'm going to ignore it. I'm going I'm to divine procrastinate it. I'm going to just like ignore and hope that it's just going to all go away. I'm only going to do what feels good. If it doesn't feel good, it must not be God. If it doesn't feel good, it must not be right. It's kind of the mantra of the, the life that we live, the world, the culture that we live in. Am I right? Am I, am I talking the truth? We all live the same world? And it's almost like we feel, especially when we come to church, we give our lives to Jesus, and we feel as Christians that if things are difficult, that we're doing something wrong. Right? If things are difficult and God doesn't like me, otherwise everything would be easy. And we often look around at other people in church and we go, it's much more easy for them. You ever done that? <laughs> you ever, know? oh, it's much more easy for them. And uh, how, how many of you think that you might be the person someone's looking at going, oh, it's easier for them? <laughs> But you're like, oh, it's not easy for me. Well, but you feel that way about someone else. See, we all, we all kind of live this little, this little kind of life that makes us think that we're the only ones who face challenges. And instead, what God wants to do is help us to learn how to face challenges, how to face our fears, how to face up to them, how to, how to step in front of what is difficult and with the faith and the power of God to face those challenges. Do you want that? Do you want the power of God when you face your challenges? That's a good thing, isn't it, right? You can do it on your own or you can do it with the power of God right and uh, it's it's a really amazing thing when you go through something with God you find that God is with you so it's amazing let's read John chapter 3 and see what Jesus has to say about this John chapter 3 you know 316 is the famous verse in the bible everyone has heard it you see it you know at baseball games someone's holding up John 316 we're going to read around that verse a little bit and find out that sometimes we miss some of the things that are, that are happening here and this is Jesus talking remember in John three verse 14 he says Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Wow, it's powerful. It's powerful statements, isn't it? If you ever want to go back to what the core of the truth of Jesus Christ is, you have to go to these verses and say, God sent his son that we could have eternal life. He did not come to condemn you. It says it, right? God did not send his son to condemn you. Ever felt condemned? (laughs) Right? It didn't come from Jesus. If you ever felt condemned, it did not come from God because he did not send his son to condemn you. Right? If you ever feel like condemning someone else, it's not coming from God, right? It's coming from somewhere else, right? God did not come to condemn us, but to do what? Say it, to save us. Come on, say it out loud. Say to save us. save us. Come on, he came to save us. You know, I've read these verses my whole life, and I've always really been confused about verse 14. And we're going to talk about it today. Because it's a key piece of what Jesus is saying. He says just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness so the son of man he's talking Jesus is talking about himself he calls himself the son of man so the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him and I always was kind of confused about the verse everyone kind of like what Jesus comparing himself to a snake hanging on a pole isn't the snake kind of like the devil like what you know how how does this fit into the context and I always just kind of moves past it just like, okay, I guess Jesus went up on a cross, snake on a pole. I don't, get the, I don't get it, but it seems kind of confusing. But if you understand the heart of what he's talking about, there's some really powerful things that we can learn in here about what Jesus has done for us, about what it means for us, and what it means that Jesus was hung on a cross for us. And so we're going to go back and read in the book of Numbers in the Old Testament the story about what Jesus is referencing. Because he's saying, like this story was so powerful, I'm going to be hung up before you, and if you believe in me and look to me, you will be saved. We want to understand that, don't we? Let's understand what Jesus is talking about. So, in the book of Numbers, it's way back in the sticky pages of your Old Testament. If you actually am I the only one in the room who probably has a real Bible in front of me? That's all right. You can you can scroll scroll scroll. Wait, is that scrolling left or scrolling right? Scroll left. Scroll left. Go all the way to the beginning of the Bible, and it's the what is this Genesis Exodus Leviticus Numbers fourth book in the Bible. And verse 21, it throws in this little story about the snake. And just a little context ahead of time. This is, if you remember, if, if you've heard the story of Moses, right, and the people of God were captives in Egypt. Does anyone remember this story, right? Moses and, and there was the plagues. You know, it gets referenced a lot in our culture. So some of you may have heard from it or you've read the Bible, you've come to church there's these plagues, and Moses says to Pharaoh, let my people go, and Pharaoh's like, no, and he's like, yeah, no, yeah, no, and then God does all these miracles, and then the people of God eventually leave Egypt, right? They leave Egypt, they're fleeing from Egypt, and then remember the parting of the Red Sea, right? God, God through Moses, parts the Red Sea, they walk through the Red Sea, and then, you know, Pharaoh's army comes after them, and, and then God closes the water and kills all of Pharaoh's army, and God's people are now liberated, and now they're, they're going to, toward The promised land, right? They're going to the promise that God had given them. The promised land. This this amazing thing that God said, if you leave, I'm going to give you the promised land. And they're going. But on their way there, they run into some challenges. And a lot of those challenges came from themselves. But a lot of the challenges also came from just adversaries. People that were in front of them and people who came against them. And we're in the middle of that. We're in the middle of that story when we come and read this. So in Numbers chapter 21, verse 4, it says, Then the people of Israel... Set out from Mount Hor, taking the road to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. But the people grew impatient with the long journey, and they began to speak against God and Moses. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? They complained. There's nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna, which was bread that God rained down from heaven for them. So the Lord sent poisonous snakes among the people, and many were bitten and died. Then the people came to Moses and cried out, We have sinned by speaking against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord told him, Make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of the bronze and attached it to a pole, and then anyone who was bitten by a snake could go look at the bronze snake and be healed. Wow, what a—it's a strange story, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I read this story and I kind of go like, "Wait, what? What is? What is God doing?" Anyone just think sometimes like that about your life? You're like, "God, really? You know what? What are you doing?" Does anyone have that thought about your life? I feel that sometimes myself too. You know, what are you doing? But let's let's walk through this scripture. Are you ready to learn a couple of things? Let's learn about what God was really doing. Let's see. So, first of all, here they are. They're going. They're going on this road. They're going toward the promised land. you got to remember where they are. They're coming from captivity, going toward the promises of God. And I feel like we constantly live in that, don't we? We're constantly coming from one place, going to somewhere else. Wouldn't it be nice? I mean, you think in your life, oh, I wish everything would just settle down for a minute. Anyone feel like that? Like, I wish it would just settle down and I could catch my breath. But we are constantly on the road. We're constantly on the road from the beginning of our life to the end of our life. We're constantly on the road from one thing that God is doing in our life to the next thing that he has in front of us. And he's promised us eternal life. He's promised us these great things and we believe it. But at the same time, the journey, on our journey, we can get a little bit tired, can't we? We can get a little bit discouraged. We can get a little disappointed. And that's what happened to them. It says they grew impatient with the long journey. Have you been praying for something that you're hoping God was going to do in your life and you've gotten a little impatient? Anyone? Anyone praying for some things to happen in their family or in their finances or in America or in their heart or with a relationship and you've grown a little impatient, right? Sometimes we can just get a little impatient with God. Come on, God. You promised this to me. Where is it? I've been believing, but I'm getting stretched a little thin here. And we can get a little impatient. And in our impatience, it says this is what they did. They began to grow impatient with the long journey. And they begin to speak against God and against Moses, who was the man that God put as their leader. And that can very quickly happen to us, can't it? When we start feeling impatient... And we start feeling that the journey is getting a little long. We're tired. We're thirsty. We're walking. We're carrying the weight. We're going. We haven't seen the promised land. We've only heard about it, right? We haven't seen it. And they're starting to grumble. And they're starting to grow impatient. And they're saying, God, you promised me it's not happening. You told me this was going to be great, and it's not happening. And they begin to speak against God. And then they begin to speak against his leaders, right? God's leaders, How many of you know that very quickly America starts to speak against God and against its leaders when things get problems, right? Oh, there's going to be a recession. It must be God's fault. Oh, it must be the people of God or blah, 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 right? It just starts to happen, right? Oh, these Christians, oh, that, right? How many of you know being a Christian, people like very quickly speak against you? You have those friends who go like, oh, I thought you were a Christian. Anyone ever have that say that to them, right? You ever say it to yourself? (laughs) Anyone ever look at yourself in the mirror and go, huh, I thought you were a Christian? Right? Sometimes we can throw that around, right? Oh, God, are you real? Are you not real? In our own disappointments, in our own discouragements, in our own getting tired, in our own weariness, in our impatience with ourselves or with other people or with what we expect to happen, we very quickly just turn it back to God, don't we? We go, ah, oh, God right? And that's what happens. Now, look what happens here. They begin to speak against God, and they say what? Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? And, you know, there's many messages you can preach about this, but, you know, really, I, I think that's just, it's just how we feel, isn't it? It's like, God, why did you call me to be a Christian just for me to be disappointed, right? Or why did I give up drinking just to, you know, be, you know, discouraged? Or, you know, why did I, why did I, why did you, why did, why did, why did, come on, God, what's up, right? And very quickly, our hearts, we we grieve, we hurt, we begin to blame God. Why did you do that? Why have you let that happen? And uh, no matter what tragedy or no matter what problem or challenge we're facing, we have to come through that question, don't we? You have to come through the question of why is God letting this happen? What's happening? And we can come through it with faith or we can come through it with doubt. Right, faith in God looks like this. Faith looks faith looks like God. What what are you going to do through this? What are you teaching me through this? What's what? The Bible says you're going to lead lead me into goodness. I believe that. What goodness is going to come out of this difficult situation? Right? Fear, right, or, or doubt starts to look at God and say, God, why did you do this to me? And blame God and make Him the enemy when He's not. The enemy, right? He's actually trying to lead us somewhere really amazing. And then they started to keep complaining. They complained, look, there's nothing to eat here and nothing to drink, and we hate this horrible manna. And, you know, just quickly, the significance of this is they had cried out to God, and they said, God, we're starving. There's no food. And he had rained bread down from heaven that every morning they would wake up and food would be down on the ground. All they had to do was go and collect it, right? Right? They had to go collect it. They bring it home and cook it, and it was basically free food they did nothing for while they were traveling, right? It was an answer to their prayer. It was a miraculous answer to their prayer, right? It was a miracle that God was doing for them every day, right, in order to sustain them and give them what they needed. And it became the focal point of their conversation of grumbling against God. And I think I identify with that. Does anyone else? Sometimes I pray for something. Right? Maybe you prayed for a wife. Sorry, hon. I love you. And every now and then you go, oh, God, why did you give me this crazy lady to live with? <laughs> Sometimes you pray for a husband and you go, ah, God! Right? You pray for children and they're a gift to you and you go, Lord, they're driving me nuts! Right? Sometimes you pray for a job and you show up at that job and you go, oh, I hate this. Right? You pray for things to do. God, give me purpose in my life. That alarm goes off in the morning. You go like, oh, God, make that alarm clock die or my phone. Blow it up. I don't care, right? Very quickly, isn't it true? When the journey gets long, the thing that we prayed for that was a miracle, that we wept before God and said, thank you, God, for this, can be the focal point of what we're complaining to God about. It's kind of silly if you think about it, but it's very true. It's very true that when things become difficult, we blame God for the very beautiful things that he's given us. What about your own life? You want to get real for a minute? How many of you complained about your own life? God, why am I created the way I am? Have you ever said that about yourself? Why am I this way, God? And God's trying to say, look, I made you beautiful. I made you Wonderful. You have some things to learn, but you are created in the image of God. You have purpose, beautiful purpose. You have a heart, a beautiful heart. You need to activate it sometimes, right? We need to get out of some of the things we do sometimes. I want you to use it for the right purposes. But you're a beautiful person created in the image of God. And instead of letting ourselves become the focal point of our grumbling against God, we've got to become the focal point of the miraculous blessing that God's given us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, so then what happens? They go on. So what happens? It says the Lord sent poisonous snakes amongst the people and many were bitten and died. Ouch. Ouch. Grumbling has a repercussion. I don't know how to say it any more clearly than this. But when we start grumbling against God, We see things come into our lives that have a repercussion in our lives. And sometimes the things that we're fighting, the things that we're hating, the problems that we have in our life are because of our own choices. And we got to own up to it. we got to own up to it before God. Sometimes we're like, God, what's with all these snakes? And he's like, you asked for them. (laughs) You either wanted the manna or you wanted the snakes. Which ones did you want? Right? And we're like, well, I didn't... I didn't know it was going to be snakes. He's like, well, what did you think was going to happen you? start complaining and grumbling. You bring in these things into your life. You open the door, right? You're opening the door for negativity to come into your life. You're opening the door. And God's like, I'm trying to shut that door. I'm trying to lead you into the promised land. I'm trying to rain down manna from heaven. But you got to stop opening the door to the snakes, right? You know, you got a couple of snakes you've been fighting in your life. It's like, ah, it keeps biting me. Ah, you know? And it feels like I'm dying. This is overwhelming me. Look, it's like snakes everywhere, and it's overwhelming me. I feel like I'm going to die, right? Isn't that how you feel? But the reason is is because that grumbling, that complaining, that blaming God, that not recognizing the beautiful things that God's given us has opened the door and worn us out and introduced us to real problems, right? And it's allowed it to come into our lives. And we've got to learn how to not, not let it happen in the beginning, but the snakes came They were bitten, and they died, and the people came to Moses, and they cried out. Now, this is a good thing to do, right? They cried out, and they said, we've sinned. We've sinned. You need to own it. If you've been sinning, you need to own it before God. Don't don't be hiding it anymore. Be like, whoa, there's snakes. It's not because I sinned. God's like, yeah, it is. Your sin has repercussions, right? We've sinned by speaking against the Lord and you. Pray that the Lord will take away the snakes. God, please take these away. How many of you have been praying that about something in your life? God, please take it away right? So Moses prayed for the people. Look how humble Moses is. They complained to him. I just want you to think real quick about this about your life. They complained to God. They complained to Moses about God, and they complained to Moses about Moses. And they repented and came back to him, and he was like, I'm going to pray for you. You know, people may have hurt you, you know, but can you pray for them? People may have spoken against you, but can you be humble enough to love them Right or you just want them to be humble enough to love you when you make mistakes, right? Moses was very humble, wasn't he? He's was like, I'm gonna pray for you. So he prayed, and the Lord told him, make a replica of a poisonous snake and attach it to a pole. All who are bitten will live if they simply look at it. So Moses made a snake out of bronze, attached to a pole, and then anyone who was bitten by the snake could look at the bronze snake and be healed. This is the state where a lot of us are in, right? Is we're like. God, would you change this situation? God, would you take away the snakes? And God's like, nope. Right? And we're mad at him, right? We're like, God, I prayed, I repented. You didn't take away the snakes. God's like, I'm not taking them away. Right? Why are there still problems in this world? <laughs> you guys have been grumbling, complaining. The snakes are there because of you guys. Right? Take away the snakes, I'm not taking them away but I'm getting bit every day. I'm not taking them away. But it's hard to live in this world. I'm not taking them away. Not yet. You feel that? How many feel that's the world we live in right now? It's like, God, take away these snakes. And the church is mad at God, aren't we? We're like, we prayed, we repented, we worshiped, we came and danced, we waved our hands, and you didn't take away the snakes. And God's like, I'm not taking them away. But I'm going to give you an answer. The answer is not that the snakes are going away. The answer is, I'm going to give you an answer that's going to save your life. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is believe in my way. Look at the the world. God is saying to the world we live in, the whole earth, all you have to do is believe in my son. Remember Remember what we read earlier? Like the snake was put up on the pole. So Jesus said, so I am going to be lifted up in front of you. That whoever looks at the sun would be saved. Right? He didn't say he's going to take the snakes away. In fact, Jesus himself said, in this world you're going to have problems. But what? Take heart. I have overcome the world. See, you get it? It's not that, oh, I'm a Christian. There's no more snakes. There's always going to be snakes. Right? This, not always, always. But always right now. Right? Your life's going to have snakes. and Some of them are your fault. Get over it, right? God did, right? Some of them are someone else's fault. Get over it, right? We're all sharing each other's snakes. You feel like that's what marriage is sometimes, sharing each other's snakes? That sounds weird, doesn't it? You're in a family, and you're like, I brought some things that are good, and I brought some things that aren't so good. How are we going to get through this? Through Jesus Christ. I mean, we wish he would just take them away, don't we? But God has a different plan. Look, look what he says. Anyone who's bitten by a snake can look at that and be healed. I want you to think about what it means in your life. You know, you have challenges. You have fears. You have things. Think about, think about the things that you really don't want to face. A lot of times they're relationship issues. A lot of times they're personal self-doubt things like my job, my security, my finances. And I'll be honest, men and women look at these things really differently, you know? who you are and what you do and what you're about and what you believe about yourself. It's very personal. It's very personal to you. It's very specific to where where you've come from and where you want to go to. And you have challenges and fears that are in front of you that nobody else understands. Nobody else has the history or future that you have. Nobody else really understands what you're going through or what you're going to go through, what you've gone through to get where you are right now. And nobody is going to be able to take you to that next place except for you and your decisions with God, right? Nobody can face the challenges that you're going to face. And when you feel like, wow, all these challenges are around me, that snake keeps biting me, and that one keeps biting me, and that one's circling, I feel it coming, right? Nobody else is having to face the challenges that you're facing. And instead of God removing those challenges, right, instead of God taking those challenges away from you, He's giving you an opportunity to face those challenges. Why did he why did he lift that up in front of them? Every time he lifted it up in front they go go find that snake. Go look at the snake on the pole. It looked exactly like the one that bit me. I have to face the challenge. Right? You can't run away from it. You can't ignore it. Right? If you're supposed to look at it, you can't ignore that it was the snake that bit you, right? You can't ignore where it came from. You can't ignore what happened for it to get there. You can't just ignore it. You have to face it. And I believe that's what God was doing. He's saying, face it. Face it. Stand up in front of it. Look, right? He says, go. Anyone who's bitten by a snake could go. Look, you have to go. You have to get yourself up. Right? Say it with me. Get yourself up. (laughs) You got to go to where it is. You got to stand in front of it and go, that is the very thing that's been my biggest challenge and it's stuck right up there in front of me. And I have to believe that God's given me an answer through that. That is how I overcome. That's what God did to us. He put our very fears, our biggest challenges, our biggest, most difficult challenges in front of us, and he wants us to face them so that we can overcome them through what? Through faith. Through believing in God's answer. Think about Jesus at the cross. What Jesus did for us is beyond words. The Bible says, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Why do you think Jesus had to die? Well, I'll tell you what, it was because I'm a sinner. What about you? Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Why did he have to be hung up on that cross, right? It's because I'm a sinner, and I needed somebody to save me. What about you? It's because I was weak. And I needed something miraculous to happen. What about about your life, right? Think about your life. Did you need Jesus to die? Or is it just some anecdote? Is it just some story? Are you a sinner? Are Are you great at overcoming your challenges? Or do you need help, right? Do you keep wandering into the same problems? Do you keep grumbling against God? Do you keep having those same challenges come? You need the power of God. See, Jesus Christ hanging on the cross, I think, embodies our biggest fears. Our biggest fears when we stand before God is, I have to give up my life. I have to give up my control. I have to give up all that I believe is right. I have to give up my thinking, my dream, my. I have to give up all that I am. I have to come to the cross and lay it down before Him and say, Jesus Christ, not my will, but your will be done. Right? I have to give up my pride. I have to give up my. My meanness, my me, my, I have to give it myself, right? And I have to accept that Jesus needed to die for me and that I needed him to. Isn't that the biggest challenge we face every day? Is that we're not perfect. We're not even good. And in fact, Jesus had to die for us to live. I believe that's what Jesus tried to do. He said, Look, like that snake's being hung up in front of you and you're looking at your fear and your biggest challenges, I'm gonna be set up in front of you. And when you look at the sun, and all that he's done. You look at Jesus Christ and all he had to do. He was whipped. He was beaten. Right? He was bloodied. He, would, he, took, he was humble. Wasn't he humble? Imagine being the son of God, being willing to come down to earth in the form of a baby. It's Christmas time, right? We see those little manger scenes everywhere. Would you go be a baby again? <laughs> I would not. Would you go give all that up? if you had the power and the authority of God in order to live a life that you know you're going to die on behalf of somebody who's going to blame you for it. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? Jesus died for us. He went willingly to the cross. He's, he hung there at the cross. He said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Right? He is the embodiment of everything that we don't want to do. He is the focal point that we have to look at and say, this is the greatest challenge is to give my life to God, right? Paul said it what? He said, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for me, right? That is the challenge of our lives is to look to Jesus. Amen? So how do you face these challenges with faith? First of all, you have to face your challenges straight on, right? I encourage you, the first thing you do when you have any challenges, when you have any fear in your life is you have to stand before the cross of Jesus Christ and say, God, why am I afraid of this? Why am I afraid of this? If Jesus Christ died for me to give me the power of God and it says, if he is for me, none can be against me, then why am I afraid, right? Why am I afraid to go deep in relationships? Why am I afraid to believe in myself? Why am I afraid to give my life on behalf of someone else? right? Why am I afraid to love somebody? If God has given all, why am I afraid to forgive, right? If God has forgiven me and he's given all things to me, why am I afraid? If you stand before the cross and you ask that question, I promise you God will help you find an answer. Number one, you have to face those challenges straight on. Number two, you have to face them with God by faith. Say it, by faith. See, they had to believe that God, it's like God could have told them to do anything, but he said, put a snake on a pole and look at it, you're going to be healed, Right? That was a symbol of what to come in Jesus. What has to happen in Jesus? We have to believe in Him. right? Remember John? Go back to the beginning. right? That everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. Everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. That's your greatest challenge, isn't it? To believe in God when you don't want to believe in God? It's easy to believe in God when you want to believe in God. It's hard to believe in Him when you're challenged, when you're in fear. This is the time I have to believe. And you have to believe. You have to find faith. You have to face face your fears and your challenges with faith. And you have to face your greatest challenge. You have to recognize that the greatest challenge you have is actually facing the cross, that Jesus died on your behalf. And he's asking you to now lay your life down on behalf of others and on behalf of believing in him. Amen? Have you been facing some challenges in your life? You ready to face them with faith? Come on, let's stand up. We're going to pray. I'm going to lead you through some praying right now. Why don't you close your eyes with me if you want to do that. You don't have to. But I want to ask you this question first. Have you been grumbling and complaining about something that God's given you? Have you been grumbling to God? Have you been complaining about yourself, some people in your life, some things? Have you been, have you been grumbling? Is anyone like me, I found myself grumbling this last month. Anyone else been grumbling like me? Tommy, why are you whining again? Right? You ever laugh at yourself for grumbling? You gotta learn how to laugh at yourself for grumbling, right? It's like, wow, where'd that come from? (laughs) I think my life was the worst in the history of life, right? If you found yourself grumbling, maybe you found yourself grumbling about your spouse. You know that will ruin your heart, right? Maybe your children, maybe yourself, maybe your parents, right? Or your job or something. If you found yourself grumbling, why don't we take a minute? Let's repent before God because they are a gift. Let's call those things what they are. Let's call it, say it with me, a gift a gift from God, right? You are a gift from God. Let's begin to say this to God. God, I'm sorry. I repent. I repent for the grumbling, Lord. I repent for the complaining. I'm sorry, God. I have grumbled. Y'all admit it with me. Say, I have complained. I have grumbled. I have come before you, God, with a heart that has complained about the very things I've prayed for, God. The very beautiful, wonderful things that you've given me. And right now, I repent. I say, I'm sorry, Lord. Just say it to him. Say, I'm sorry, God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I did that. It was wrong of me. I recognize it. I admit it. I'm sorry. And right now, I call them what they are. I call them a gift from God. They are a gift from you, Lord. And I recognize my life. I recognize my family. I recognize my my community as a gift from God. And I call it what it is. I say it is a gift from you, God a miraculous gift that I get to be alive, that I get to live the life you've given me, that I get to live the purposes of God in my life, that I get to live in a community of people, that I get to live in a family. Lord, thank you. Let's just thank him, right? That's how you get rid of that stuff. You just say thankful, right? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my church. Thank you for my leaders, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for worship. Thank you for... The heart you've given me, thank you for my job. Lord, thank you for so many things. Can you be thankful? Just begin to say it. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, God. I thank you so much. I'm going to have a thankful heart before you, Lord. I want my heart, number one, to be thankful, God. I make a decision. Maybe you need to make a choice today. I make a choice. I'm going to be thankful. Number one is going to be off my lips. This is going to be thankfulness. And every thought that's wrong, I'm going I'm to turn it to thankfulness, God, as best I can. God, because I believe that you've given me is good and I'm thankful for it. Thank you, Jesus. Have you found yourself facing some fears, facing some challenges that you're afraid of, facing some difficulties that you're not sure what to do and you've been trying to face them on your own? Right now, why don't we just begin to talk to God about them? Let's begin to engage our faith and say, God, I believe. I believe I believe in you Jesus. I believe in you. I believe in what you did at the cross was to save me. I believe what you did at the cross was to give me strength and power to overcome challenges, to overcome my fears. I face them. Let's face them today right now. Face them. Don't run from them, right? Face your biggest challenges right now. I face them. I face my insecurities. I face my difficulties. I look them. I look at them, God. In fact, I put them up on a pole. And I lift them up. And I look at them and I say, through the cross. Just imagine them lifted up with Jesus on the cross. Every challenge you have, just put it, put it on Jesus at the cross. Say, it's lifted up before me. And I see that challenge. And I engage my faith in God. And I say, God has given me a victory through Jesus Christ. God has given me a blessing through Jesus Christ. I accept it. Come on, say it out loud. Say, I accept it. I accept it. I believe it that God's power is greater than any challenge I have in my life. It's greater than any fear. It's greater than any difficulty. It's greater than any poisonous snake that's going around trying to bite me. I believe that God is with me. And through Him, say it, you gotta say through Him, right? Through Him, I believe I'm gonna overcome. Through Jesus, through my faith in Jesus Christ, through His purposes his power, I believe in the victory in Jesus Christ. Lastly, I want to pray this. Some of us really have a hard time laying our lives down. right, we've been running after sin. God just wanted to come in and change our lives. We know that. We've been running from it. We've been running from it. We've been hiding from God. You've been hiding. You've been running after things. You've been hoping to just get away with it. And you've even blamed God for the fact that you're doing it. Right? Some of us have been living very unrighteous lives in our mind with our bodies, with our words, right, with our heart. And it's time that we end it. It's time to end today. You ready for that? Let's, Let's all together say, Jesus Christ, I choose you. I lay my life down. I want you to look at the cross. I want you just to look at the cross. And just look at Jesus and say, Jesus, you died for me. And I accept that in my life. And I lay my life down right now. And maybe you need to lay down some sin or some burdens or some arguments or some problems. Maybe you just need to lay it down. Let's do that today. Let's just lay it down. So I lay it down before Jesus. I lay it down. Some of you need to admit that you've had a hard time wanting to be a Christian. You're almost like upset with God. God has brought healing to you, He's brought salvation to you. You need to embrace it. Some of you know that God's called you to to carry your cross, is the way the Bible says it to carry the cross of Jesus, to bless other people, to become people who bless others, who lead. You're afraid. You're afraid and your fear has overcome you, you need to lay it down at the cross. Are you willing to take up the cross and follow Jesus? We need to lay down our lives. Let's do that right now. Let's lay our lives down. If you want to come forward, you want to come kneel here before God, if you need to, for your own reasons, you want to come just lay your life down before Jesus. Right, come right now. Come come right now. Come stand or come kneel or come do whatever you want to, but come stand before Jesus. Stand before the cross and say, God, I'm laying my life down. I'm looking to you at the cross. I'm looking to you at the cross. I'm saying now's my time. Now's my time, God. Just say that to him. God, now's my time. Jesus has been so humble with us. Let's be humble with him. Let's not be proud. Let's not be proud before God right now or before people. Let's be humble. Some of us just need to admit it God, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner and I've run away from you. And today I come before you, Jesus, that you would save me. Please come, come into my life and save me, Lord. I need you to save me. Some of you may want to come and kneel on behalf of your family or a family member who you know has been running from God or turning from him or grumbling or has big challenges in their life. If you want to do that, come stand before God. Come kneel before God on behalf of someone else. Your family, your family, Say God, I stand here. Stand here for my sister. Stand here for my brother. I kneel here, Lord, for my my dad. God, I pray. Would you save us, Lord? Save our family. Some of you know that God's been calling you to do something that you've just resisted with all that you have, and you need to come and be humble before God right now. I say, God, I let go. Not my will, but your will be done. And even if you're not one of these people up here, even wherever you are, some of us know that there's someone we need to bless or there's someone we need to reach out to or there's someone we need to forgive. There's someone we need to talk to. Maybe it's even God himself, right? We need to go get right with God. Let's go get right with God. You know, just right where you are, once you begin to talk to God? Those of you who came up front, we're going to pray for you, but just on your own, I just want to encourage you just to be humble before God. Just let the Holy Spirit come and move. Holy Spirit, come and move over this group. Come and move over us as a people, Lord. We pray that you would come and heal us, that you would come and help us, and we thank you, God, for all the beautiful, wonderful things you've done in our lives. Lord, we're so sorry that we've complained about them, but we are so thankful that you've given us an answer, that you've come to save us and come to help us, that you've come to heal us and come to lift us up. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you, God.